Brian Nichols, you're a great man with some great ideas, a great podcast. Do you see why he's my favorite libertarian people? <laughs> yes. He's full of common sense and wisdom. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. Today I'm joined by easily one of the best of the best, Matt Kibbe. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. It's good to be with you. By the way, let me take a step back and say I love what you're doing. I love the conversational style, and it's a combination of good fun and serious ideas. I love the fact that your show's doing what it does, and, and this is how we win the future. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. There's so many things that we can do to make America freer and the world better and safer and more peaceful. Everybody has the responsibility of trying to help to do that. You know, what you're doing with your podcast is a perfect example of, you know, you're doing this as a labor of love and for the cause, and that is exactly what we have to have. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Hey, folks, it's Brian Nichols here from The Brian Nichols Show, out of studio this week, very busy week. Uh, but alas, I still have an episode in store for you guys this week, as I'm joined by the hosts of The Rebellion with Banks and Shane, Shane Hazel and Banks Wise. Uh, so with that, please enjoy today's episode. Be sure to let them know if you enjoyed today's episode, and go over and subscribe to The Rebellion, uh, a great podcast that they have over there. Uh, and make sure you tell them that Brian Nichols sent you from The Brian Nichols Show. So without further ado, on to the show, Shane Hazel and Banks Wise from the Rebellion here on the Brian Nichols Show. Thanks, Brian. Pleasure to be here, man. Well, I should say it's great to be back. Yeah, yeah. Well, so for the folks who who didn't get the chance to listen to the uh, the amazingly fun and uh, always thought provoking episode here in the Brian Nichols Show, we had Shane Hazel join us. Oh my God, Shane! What way back in the uh, the summer of 2018? And this uh, was uh, you just wrapped yeah, up was, a, uh, a pretty intense congressional campaign at that point. Yeah, r- racked up or wrapped up or whatever it was, we were uh, yeah we were kind of I guess licking our wounds and I, Banks and I had already had the the thoughts and we had talked on the campaign trail about starting the rebellion. I think I told you I said you know you haven't heard the last of us. You're probably going to hear us uh, pretty soon a lot more than most people know. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a heck of a, a heck of a year already almost. So, folks who don't know, so Shane is—he's uh, formerly a, a candidate in in uh, Georgia for the U.S. House. And uh, Banks, correct me if I'm wrong. You were his his consigliere as the campaign manager. That that's correct. Yeah, Shane and I met about it's going to be two years now, and uh, sat down. And uh, I knew I was going to run his campaign the first the first meeting I had with him. It was it was love at first sight, Brian. There, there are there are worse marriages made in heaven, and, and I think you guys are pretty well established now, not only for your, your campaign that you guys ran together, but also now, obviously, a part of the rebellion. So, uh, Shane, when you and I left things off, you'd mentioned, like you just you just did there, that you, you'd mentioned things weren't, uh, you know, things weren't done with you, you two, and uh, you'd hinted that you might be looking in something in the podcasting space, and lo and behold, here we are, uh, you know, about a year later, and you guys have launched a very successful podcast down in Georgia called the Rebellion. So, Jump Ball, who, who is The Rebellion? What do you guys talk about? And what makes you guys so unique in the uh, the political talk podcasting space? Boy, uh, unique. Uh, you got a guy named Banks on the show that it, it, you know borders on artificial intelligence because he's that damn smart. And, I think uh, the most unique part is how the, the, uh, the idea started. Uh, Shane and I would go door-to-door for, for months during the campaign, and Shane was like, hey, 
banks it's like fun we just get to walk and talk about politics and culture and uh, we should do this and and banks was like uh no that's never happening shane and uh over months and months of walking door to door and thousands of miles and um, laughs that that's lots of laughs that, i mean our our chemistry works but i told him no at least a hundred times it was it was it was hysterical because we would we would literally knock on a door we would goof around until the point that they came to the door. We would talk, have whatever conversation we needed to have with those people. And as soon as the damn door closed, we were back laughing again. I mean, it wasn't, I'm not going to tell you like every time, but I'm telling you probably 95 plus percent of the time, we would joke so much in between doors. And I mean, what did we hit? 16,000 doors? We did. I mean, that's, that's a lot of talk. That's a lot of talk. And it's a lot of laughs, and I mean, we would joke about everything. That's where that's where I got to know Banks. You know, like your ups and downs in in terms of a political type of season. You know, it's grueling, especially when you're tracking those kind of miles. And that's the thing is, we would just find neighborhoods that we could knock out tons and tons of houses. You know, we we had an, an app where we were looking at the software and going, "Hey, this is a very you know what, what I'll call a target rich environment." And so he was like, hey, man, let's let's go do this. And so bam, 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 you know, knock on the door, talk, 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 and then talk to each other. And it was just one of those things where I was like, God, man, if we can do this in between doors and we can have these conversations, which I think most people aren't, you know, aren't having and do it in such a fun and in a lighthearted way. Why don't we do this and make some money and change some culture? Like, let's let's propel this into the atmosphere you know, more than, more than any congressional runs ever going to do. Well, I mean, what you guys are doing is, is not only important for the greater movement, I think, but also for local Georgia politics. So I've been an avid listener of you guys. I think you guys are doing a great job over the rebellion. And I love the fact that you focus, you know, primarily, well, not primarily, I'm going to say one of the main aspects is definitely local state politics there in Georgia. And I think that's really exciting because that gives people within your your state the chance to listen to a show that's going to look at the news within each uh, within Georgia in that respective state from a libertarian or at the very least a liberty mindset and and give them something alternative to what's been pretty much you know the traditional uh, left right media that's that's existed and you're, you're giving them a breath of fresh air you're giving them a different perspective. And, and you're honestly doing the role of what the journalists are supposed to be doing. I mean, I mean, Shane, if, if I had a dollar for every time I listened to the rebellion where you were getting ready to, you know, just absolutely lambast some Georgia politician, I'd be a very wealthy man. So, so, so I mean, what you guys are doing, you're actually doing the role of journalists. And it's, it, from my perspective, very refreshing to see. But what's been the feedback in Georgia? How have people responded to the rebellion and the work that you guys have been doing over there? It's, it's funny you say that about half of our listenership are, are in Georgia, half are not. Um, the goal the, the goal was to be worldwide as 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 kind of audacious that that goal is. Um, but even the things that we do specifically in Georgia. So we've talked about the speaker of the House who, who has been abusing justice for for over a decade now and so forth have been some of the most popular shows inside and outside of Georgia. I think people are just uh, very refreshed by a consistent look at politics where what what wherever it is really yeah and and i'll tell you you know it's it's the great thing is it's not well received by the the tyrants who are in power that's that's how we know like that's that's i don't know that's that that gives me that nice warm knows you're doing something right (laughs) yeah you know is when you get when when you get uh harassed by the 
the establishment wannabes that are sitting there just there for the photo ops where they want to take pictures with people who are holding, you know, legislative seats or, you know, justices or executives, all that political nonsense, high school theater, you know, when, when you're taken to task by those people, what they're, you know, effectively doing is just outing themselves as part of the establishment that don't know really their head from the constitution. And when, when, when you start to see, you know, this, this political outrage, rah, get them. Like, that's a good feeling. Like I, you know, it, it's one of those things that I really, really welcome and to, to have, I don't know, pretty much every public official that I have know our name and it, it and send, you know, private messages to people saying, I can't believe you're stabbing me in the back like this. Like, so we got the best confirmation that they're actually listening to it. We had our friend, Matt Gertler, who's a local state rep here, just a Liberty hero, like the, the local Ron Paul. And uh, he, he came on the, yeah, yeah, he came on the episode twice and I didn't, we had our usual listenership. It was a little higher than usual. And over the next like week, Matt is like, uh, yeah, there's a uh, this these like ten state reps who asked me why why I said this why I said that and and there's this one state rep who said that uh that 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 you said something wrong Banks and then there's and and they've all been coming to me and asking me and wondering and prodding and I was like oh there's a political fatwa on Matt's head that's kind of yeah. cool yeah we get we get called by you know people who are out there who are in the media complaining about our show which I think I find absolutely you know, hysterical for one thing. Like, why are you calling me and complaining about our show? Like, if, if just do it on your show, we don't care. Like, I mean, that that's, I, I have, I, I'm probably a little too uh, fancy free for banks sometimes. And I, I try, I try to kind of watch my P's and Q's a little more than if he, he makes me a better, a better person. And, and, and I'm happy to admit that um, because, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with people who are this outrageous it is it's all i can do to 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 make sure that whatever it takes to create better culture with banks uh you know hosting the show that's what i've got to do and i don't know it, it's it's been s- such a fun ride you know almost a year in that i, I mean i i can't imagine not doing this i i, I can't I, I imagine all the time doing this five days a week and, and really just having a, a great time and, and an amazing guest on the show. So you, you mentioned the reception from the the greater political establishment in Georgia, which it sounds like, you know, they don't like the fact that there's actually somebody calling them out. But what's been the reception from the the average everyday citizen who listens to your show? I mean, you mentioned half of your listeners are are in the state of Georgia alone. So what's been the, the feedback that you received from you know your average everyday citizen there? Um, from you guys actually holding these these politicians' feet to the fire, we should tell them the uh, the Justin Lancaster um, story. You, you go ahead, yeah. So this one guy who listens to the show, his name is Justin, and um, I, I wasn't ready to to have these kind of. He he sent us emails and 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 he tells us that he listens to to us while he's working out. Um, that that is the goal of his already to work out and, and get stronger, and that the encouragement that 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 he's having is to listen to Shane and I. And just come to do a one eighty completely on on the on how he sees politics. Not not only politics, but his but his own his own lifestyle. That, you know, to 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 take a guy you know that has I don't know, some crazy amount of weight that he had already lost, and he has a a much more ambitious goal to even lose more. 
that's out there working his butt off, changing, you know, not only what he's, you know, digesting politically, but for his own body and taking charge of his life to, to come from being, I think he was a, a liberal and to, to say that, hey, man, I'm starting to finally see this for myself. That's and asking asking questions to us. Of, of he's like, well, okay, I I, I want to get a permit for for a gun, but I kind of don't want to do that because that's a violation of the Second Amendment. Can can you guys elaborate on the show? And we did a whole show on that. Yeah. And we there have been at least a good third of the shows that have been completely completely di- directed just by by listeners saying, hey, could you talk about this? I've got a question. I don't understand. And, XYZ. And and to piggyback on banks, what banks is saying, you know, this one specific case, but I think generally. What I see is that I see inquisitiveness, and that that is a measure of success. If you if you want to take out the yardstick and 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 try to measure, you know how you're doing with something where you're trying to affect culture publicly, you know when people are coming to you asking questions about, okay, I'm trying to square this in my head, and a lot of times, you know, when when we get down to those bedrock principles that we preach here on the show is peace, liberty, and free markets. If, if you start with those principles and now they're trying to square something in, in the political scene with those principles that's not congruent, that's usually when we get those questions. And you can sit there and say, hey, man, if this is, if this is the principle, then it, this has to be you know, where you go with either policy or law or the lack thereof uh, and also who you're supporting. Because you know, when, when we look at things, it's not – it's not about uh, you know politicians. It's not about parties. It's 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 not about personality or any of that other crap that's out there. It's all right. What are these people doing to create more individual liberty for everybody? And that that inquisitive nature that they come back to us with to ask those questions. I mean, we just wrapped a show with listener questions, and I think it was probably one of our best shows yet. Like I, I the energy was high to to sit here and and to serve our audience with things you know that we think. What a what a blessing to to be able to do that. I mean, I had one of my uh, my uh, guests on my show, and he was a democratic socialist. And the reason I had him on my show was because a lot of people in my audience who find themselves more towards the middle of the road, um, they were saying, "Well, listen, I, I've been listening to your show for a while. I know you're more libertarian, um, but I, I see a lot of my friends who are democratic socialists, and I'm trying to reconcile the differences between libertarianism and democratic socialism." And I'm just trying to objectively analyze which one is fundamentally better, not only just from a, a true objective standpoint, but also just hearing the, the two sides talk against each other. Not necessarily talk against each other, but just discuss it in a different way and to see which one holds more merit. And, um, you know, I, with that kind of question, I was like, sure, I'm going to have my friend Keith Rubino on the show. You know, he, he's a great guy. I, I get along with him personally. You know, he's a, he's a nice person. I just think he's wrong about a lot of issues. And I had him on my show. And you know, we just had this conversation. I said, all right, well, well Keith, you know, let's talk about $15 minimum wage. Let's talk about, um, goodness, I think we talked about Amazon's taxes. I mean, we went through a, a litany of things. And I actually asked my audience to submit questions for things they wanted to ask. And, and that same person who had originally said, hey, can, can, we, can you try to get somebody on your show who's a democratic socialist? They messaged back and saying that episode, like that was the episode that, that – help me decide, okay, I, I'm not a democratic socialist. I'm not sure if I'm a libertarian yet, but I just noticed listening to you talk to Keith that like the the merits of democratic socialism, when, when they're questioned, they can't stand up on their own. So to, to hear, you know, you're having the same reception that I've had 
is exciting because that tells me that there's a lot of people out there who are really excited and curious about what this whole liberty movement or just, you know, the small L libertarian idea and, and principles are. So to see people asking you guys or, or to see people reaching out to me, it, it gets me excited. It makes me want to do more of these episodes because I, I feel that we're actually, like you guys said, making a difference and changing culture. Absolutely. It's it's funny you say talk against the your, your first term there because that's what Shane would say during the campaign. He's like, the mainstream media, for the most part, what it seems to be doing is giving you this ammo every day to go out and talk against your, uh, your, your neighbors instead of finding all the common ground. And I think that our standards are so low, like this this is a recurring thing on, on the show. Like our standards are so low that we're impressed by by, by so little that there is, so much com there is so much common ground out there. Sometimes it's just the very simple thing. Sometimes it's just the, well, what's, what's the empathetic view of this? Like we, we can understand what, what human beings are, are, are going through. We're, we're all human beings. Um, so the fact that the standard is so low and, and the fact that instead of doing like the mainstream media, which is just pitting one against the other and sensationalism and keeping the volume at, at 100 all the time, we're just talking with and trying to understand other human beings and and pointing the target to to really who is the enemy which is a big all-encompassing government instead of our neighbors yeah and, and you you asked kind of the, the a pertinent question within there in that statement too is you know in in terms of you know the democratic socialists coming to the table the the liberty movement whether it's you know, small L or, you know, Republican or what, what, whatever the, I don't know, whatever the box we're trying to keep people in. Um, it's for me, one of the telltale tale signs of when you are having these discussions that are with people who, you know, vastly disagree with you is who will on the other, you know, who will tell you that even when the ideal society that they have that, that they imagine you know this this utopia of either democratic socialism or you know a, a very almost anarchy type society minarchy anarchy whatever you want to say who's going to tell you out of those groups that there are going to be problems still but those problems that are th those problems that are associated with a free society of you know without coercion without force and government and, and nonsense are much more desirable than those that are created by too much force of an overbearing tyrannical government. What a segue. It's like you knew what I was going to talk about because one of the things <laughs> I want to talk about was the culture and to talk about how people um, how, how people have, have kind of diluted the conversations to very basic platitudes. And we look at people like Joe Rogan, who I think is doing you know God's work in having people from all across the political spectrum on to discuss these issues. And uh, you know he had Tulsi Gabbard on his show just yesterday. I think it was yesterday at least. Um, yeah. And it was it was a, a fascinating conversation. Not because I agree with Tulsi, uh, agree with Tulsi, but because they had a conversation that there was no you know heated exchange. It was literally him asking her questions to explain her positions. I mean, how many times has Tulsi been you know called a, a pro Assad uh, you know pro Assad what, what do I call her genocidal maniac? Um, you know, she's in favor of, of his hurting his, his his own people and and it's like no that's not exactly and that's not at all what what Tulsi Gabbard believes um she's much more in the the Ron Paul you know libertarian camp when it comes to foreign policy just non-interventionism um but the, the the discussion about that has kind of been you know withered away because we were promoted uh throughout the entire you know news cycle that you know oh if you're anti uh intervention in Syria you well that means you're pro-Assad and you're anti 
uh, Syrian refugee. And, and this also kind of couples along with the way that people approach, um, you know, $15 minimum wage or tariffs or you name whatever the, the, the position that's being discussed of the day is, is that there seems to be a lot less intellectual conversation and deep, well-thought-out conversations and more of these, you know, hot-button, what's going to get the, the sensationalist headline there at the, at the top of the page that's going to get clicks or it's going to get people to buy papers. So... The long so that entire train of thought the question to you guys is what do you think we should do is, is it going the route of a joe rogan and having people on that we disagree with to have these long thought out conversations or, or discussions or is it something that we can you know utilize the method that's been pro- uh, brought up by the mainstream media of these sensational headlines to then kind of i, I guess like throw in libertarian or liberty uh, headlines that will will engage clicks and hopefully get people to read further in an article. What do you guys think is the answer to actually help change the culture? Well, what's interesting is um, in, in my naive days of, of politics, I was just following what Ron Paul's campaign was doing. And I thought that there was, I just followed what there was like, okay, we need to get delegates. And I would get really, really frustrated with anybody who wasn't as involved as I was. I was like, hey, you can just come and be a delegate too. But I think the answer is there's tons of ways that we should all be doing potentially some of the same things and lot of, lots of different things. I, I think we should steer away from the sensationalism and so forth and just be ourselves as much as humanly possible. Um, I think that's what Joe Rogan uh, communicates so well, is that you can tell that he's a nice guy who actually cares, even though he's wrong on public education and lots of other things. And I think if you can communicate to people that you are a caring person, like the most important things to people is not um, like the like the details of free market capitalism or the details of, of Marxist communism, it's that the vast majority of people agree on the vast majority of things that they just want to live their lives provide for their families and be happy and uh, that might sound a little corny but i think that's how you bring thing bring people together on top of being consistent and but that has that that can play out in much different ways you can have people who have long-form conversation you can have people who fo- focus more on the economics more on the war um but the the underpinning is being consistent and focusing on what the vast majority of people agree on yeah, and I, I think, you know, when, when you ask the question, how do we best affect culture? I mean, we got to look at how many different facets of culture there, there are. And Banks and I were just talking about this. The, what, what we've kind of been, I don't know, indoctrinated with since, since I can remember. I don't remember it so much in the 80s um, or early part of the 1990s. But starting towards the mid-1990s and, and on, I remember shows uh, like Hannity and Combs, Crossfire, Maddow, where these people just got together, Bill O'Reilly, they got together and they yelled at each other. I mean, it, it, you know, you, you grew up, you know, don't watch WWF because it'll rot your mind. Well, those same parents that were telling their kids not to watch WWF because it'll rot their minds were sitting there tuning in to mainstream media at the time, and I know... We didn't have the the mass uh, you know the internet and, and resources that we have today, but we definitely weren't also you know pushing books like Bastiat's The Law or you know you know Ron Paul's uh, uh, you know books or things that really provoked deep introspection into the American culture and, and what we are. So first and foremost, I, I think if you can spread a message, turn off mainstream propaganda because the, the that's our MO in other countries. You know, as a Marine, you're sitting there going, 
we use this type of device and this mechanism to divide people on all fault lines that we can whenever we invade a country first and foremost. So don't let them use it against you. And the, and the second thing is, is we've got to learn how to communicate with each other. And it, it's basically, it's, it's a lost art these days for God's sakes. It's, it's not about being, you know, right or wrong or winners and losers. It's about just talking. It's about, you know, going into a conversation with an open mind, with a set of beliefs and principles, and to see if they hold up if, you know, when you're having these conversations with whoever you're having those conversations with. I mean, the best thing that can happen in a conversation is you can learn something. That it's it's not that you're going to walk away from that you know with somebody going and, and declaring victory over you. What that other person wants is to, for you to also have something in common with them in the way that they see the world. That's that's a big thing. And and to to get back to my you know my my first statement here is you know it's not just politics. You look at you know the, the state of you know rock and roll. I just went to this amazing concert by you know Greta Van Fleet awesome concert these guys are talking about peace um you know whether it's rock and roll whether it's art in in other forms um whether it's comedy you you name it there are a million things out there that we need to address as people who are in the liberty movement to try to incorporate all sides of this thing so that we are pushing on culture at every absolute angle that we can Hmm. It's funny because literally the episode before you guys, I interviewed Matt Kibbe, um, and it was great to have Matt back on the show, and he discussed this very thing. I mean, one of the things that he does over at Free the People is he tries to approach it from a, a cultural perspective, and and I was actually telling him how uh, I have a lot of lefty friends who they look at Republicans or Libertarians and conservatives as these anti-environmentalist zealots, and I said, well, here, I'm going to show you this great documentary called Off the Grid with uh, Thomas Massey, who happens to be a staunch libertarian conservative Republican in Congress who happens to just live entirely off the grid. He's entirely self-sufficient. He, he has his own water source. He has his own power source. Um, he uses his own land for, for the trees and the rocks to build his house. And one of my friends messaged me back and they're like, oh, my God, this this actually like impacted my way I look at other people. And it's just it's it's funny that you literally just mentioned that as we are coming off an episode of that. Um, but it's funny, Banks, you, you mentioned something. And, and actually, I think, Shane, you mentioned it, too, is discussing these um, old mainstream media outlets. And it, whenever I talk to somebody who is over the age of 45, 50, I almost always find them parroting back the talking points that are being you know either discussed over on CNN or on Fox news. And it's funny. I can actually like almost guarantee I can pick what organization it was based on the talking point they're presenting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one of my, one of my family friends from up North, um, they started talking about, um, the basically it's economic populism. And I'm like, Oh, did you ask Tucker Carlson the other night? And they're like, Oh yeah. Tucker had a great discussion about this. I'm like, I see. Um, but, uh, <laughs> then the question I have is, well, I look at people who are more in the millennial, we'll say range under the age of, we'll say 40, and they they don't get their their news mostly from the the mainstream media. It's mostly from online sources of, of information, be it uh, online publications, their their friends on social media, what have you. But conversely, those people seem to be more ingrained in their own political views, be it far left or far right. So, are we substituting the old mainstream media that just pretty much indoctrinated people? with a new form of media that just it it really reaffirms our own confirmation biases and pulls us further apart. So I I think that 
his, the, the, the best way of, of predicting the future um, is looking at history. And you're definitely going to have, um, in, in lots of ways, a repetition of, of, of what, are, what has already happened. Sensationalism works for a reason, right? It's, it's loud and, and, and loudness gets our attention. But um, I think the, the optimism one can see is that there's the barrier to entry to spread your ideas is, is as low as it's ever been in human history. And so us who understand free markets and, and competition, at one point, even if it looks kind of defeatist, like, yeah, a lot of the leftists and a lot of people on, on the right um, might see, but there are going to be consequences to the bad ideas that, that I think they hold. And when, when the consequences explode, when, when, when those bubbles explode and, and there's just too much cognitive dissonance going on there, uh, because at some point when you're just following the, the, the party line and the party line just attacks the other side for whatever reason without seeing the, their own hypocrisy, people either drop out of politics or they see the light. And with all the competition, that, that's why Shane, Shane and I and you, we're only like small cogs in the wheel. But as much volume as the liberty movement occupies – we will be there to catch people when uh, when the consequences arise. Yeah, and and it's funny. I, I don't think that you know. Generationally, there are there are outliers on every side, um, but you do find that this generation tends to get its news uh, through its news feeds. Uh, you know, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or or whatever it is, that, that they are actually searching things out. And I think in, in terms of searching things out, you are actually exposed to a to a plethora of different ideas that are out there. The cool thing is, is now that you, you know, you've taken enough red pills and you, you've developed a, uh, you know, a set of principles and a premise that you can now see exactly how those different types of news sources that are out there will manipulate. And we, you know, we don't ever, you know, we don't claim to be non-biased. God, we're biased. Yeah, we're, we're completely biased for the individual and, you know, against the collective, against the state and everything else. And so we, we see it in that way, you know, in, until I find an argument or a, a proof of concept to the, to the opposite, I, I, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just change my, my tune just because somebody on, you know, Fox news or MSNBC says, Oh, here's a bullet point tonight. Well, you know, the, the problem with bullet points is over the years, you can go back and you can just see, you know, how, you know, when, when Fox news went after, you know, uh, Obama day after day, after day, after day, asking questions of, of his presidency, of his, you know, of, of his birth and, and, and anything that they could ask questions on, if they applied the same questions to to Donald Trump, no, they haven't. And the same thing is true true with the other side. You know, that doesn't change. You know, this 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 is a consistency that is built over you know I, you know hundreds and hundreds of years, if not a thousand years, going all the way back to you know the understandings of you know the the Roman Empire and when. Uh, that you know, the, really, England and Angleland came online. You know, back in like 1064. This this is not something that would just appear. This is you know, lots of study, lots of you know, lots of going back into uh, history and, and starting from you know so much further back for consistency than mainstream media will ever educate you on. I mean, it's there's an indoctrination process for a reason. So we talked about where we are now and how we got here. So let's wrap up as we get towards the end of the show. 
where where are we going in the future? I mean, where where do we see the culture going in into? I'll dare say this. Let's let's say into 2020, especially with the election coming up here uh, between Donald Trump and the Democratic nominee. Where are we going as a society? Are are we going towards more of the the liberty uh, perspective, or are we starting to fall more towards democratic socialism? So, uh, yeah, wh- where do you guys see the the overall culture of America from twenty twenty and beyond? I think if if we believe in truth and we have we have any grasp on on what it is, and I think we the the, the liberty movement has some kind of grasp in the very long term. I think we're going in the right direction. Uh, what's dangerous is 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 to be too too reactionary and react to just what's what's ahead. It could get worse uh, before it gets better. Um, I think there's a lot of places in other countries that are good uh, examples of how it could get worse. Uh, but that could lead to good things. For example, um, what's happening in China with the social scores and so, and so, and social credit is just—I mean—it scares the hell out of me. And if we go in that direction, there's there's certainly the uh, the framework to go in that direction uh, here here in the states one day potentially. It's already behind the but scenes. But even if we go in that direction, that could just be a setback to propulse us further towards liberty yeah. because that might be the most um, universal. Thing that I have heard people say they're scared of people who don't care about politics whatsoever. They they think it's disgusting and they're 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 apolitical. They hear about that in China, and they get passionate. So I think that um, it's it's why we have to be humble and and realize that one person, even a whole group of people, can't necessarily change things in the in the short run. But in the long run, if we're consistent, it's just like playing a hand of poker. If you keep to one strategy and that strategy is pretty good. You can win if you keep on that strategy. But if you change up all the time, then you could get the, the worst part of every strategy. So just being consistent, realizing that that uh, what you might not realize the effect that you're having, but that in the long run, um, espousing the, uh, the ideas of liberty um, is going to save humanity. Yeah, I, I, and I, I think uh, that consistency that Banks talks about, I'll echo, you know, is – when, when people are really trying to make heads and tails of what's going on, where this country is going, uh, they see a lot of inconsistency right now out of the duopoly that's out there. And so the liberty movement, you know, if it can be consistent, if it can, if it can put out some really serious people to, to lead this movement, and I, and I think you're seeing, I think you're seeing this decentralization of power through communication, you know, look at, look at this. Uh, to, you know, just for proof of concept, you, when you when you see that decentralization of power and communication, and and you know, amazing little nuggets and shows like this, you're you're going to see people be attracted to those things because it's stable. It is something that they can depend on when in, in an ever changing world. And as in as much as humans hate change. You know, they, it's it's also inevitable. So if they can latch on to something that at least at least allows for their worldview to be recognized, so that they can do what they want to do, they can be who they want to be, and not be molested by force. I think there is something to that. But I also think, you know, you know, not to ignore reality, Brian, is that when you ask the question, are we going more democratic socialist? Are we are we going more like Christian conservative? The answer is yes, both of them. That and I and I do mean that, you know, it's and that's that's one of the things that scares the hell out of me, you know, and, you know, there might be some places of of turmoil and you look at 2020, 
you know, I, I who knows, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to be a, a soothsayer and predict the, the, the palm or the tea leaves here. Like it, you know, Trump has a very good opportunity right now of, of winning this thing. I, I don't know how Democrats are going to react to that in between, you know, after, you know, uh, the first four years, you know, they're, you know, stolen elections. Is he going to be on the ballot in some states for tax returns and not, you know, not submitting those things? There, there, there are a lot of questions I have. And the problem is, is these two groups right now are seething, man. It is, you, you've got a, a very polarized minority in America. That minority, you know, less than 20% of this country is either Democrat and 20% Republican. So, you know, roughly 40% of the people kind of identify with the duopoly system, but that, that that's a shrinking number every day. You know, but the problem is, is they're they're hot right now. Uh, there is already violence that started, and when and if this thing escalates, you could see possible pockets of violence. And you know, the the the, the, the neat thing is going to be is where are we as the, you know the the preachers of liberty going to be during that time, trying to 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 quiet this, to try to be the resolution, to try to, to present that message that you know, hey, listen. You know, you can go over here and do your democratic socialist stuff. You know, just don't hurt anybody. Don't take their stuff. And you guys over there in the Christian conservative moment, you can go over there and do whatever stuff you want. Same thing applies. Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. And definitely don't use the force of government because your imagination is too damn small to come up with a resolution uh, to what societal problems are. Let the free market work this stuff out. That's, I mean, that, that, that's, that's where I think we're headed. The podcast is The Rebellion with Banks and Shane. You can find it where pretty much any podcasts are found. Uh, I know that they are always the top of my podcast feed. and I, I love listening to them every week. Um, but for folks who want to go beyond the podcast, where can they find you guys over on social media? So we have a, a website. It's rebellionpod.com. There's all the links to the social media. On social media, we're at rebellionpod. You can find uh, you can find Banks. He needs followers. Go out there and follow him. F Banks Wise at on Twitter. He's he's got a he's got a growing uh, following out there. And uh, I'm mostly on Facebook. Twitter's trying to kill me. <laughs> I think Twitter's trying to kill everybody. Well, <laughs> well, listen, guys. I I really I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. Uh, I know you are all very very busy men, especially with uh, your own show of your your own that, that definitely takes up a lot of. Uh, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, but with that, again, thank you dearly for coming on the show. You guys are doing exactly what we need to do. And uh, I, I know you guys are actually making an impact. It's so exciting to see. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh, this this is honestly how we change the future. And the more of us that are doing this, the better. Uh, we're we're going to make the, the, the minds and the hearts all change. And I'm excited to see where we, uh, we end up. So uh, with that, folks, thank you so much for joining us today on The Brian Nichols Show. Yes, another fun-filled episode. Uh, and as always, please feel free to go ahead and follow me over on social media and on Facebook at B. Nichols Liberty. And uh, if you could, folks, go ahead and share today's episode with your families and friends. Also, head over to iTunes. Give us a rate and review. That's how we move up the rankings. And as always, I always will go ahead and uh, read those reviews here on The Brian Nichols Show. So, with that, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Banks and Shane of The Rebellion. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.